Oh my god. Uh, uh, shh. I better be quiet. It's a uh, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is this is strong opinion sports. It's uh it's 1:30 in the morning. That's why I'm being quiet. Uh, I better be quiet. I if I'm not careful, I will get a what do you call it? A uh, a noise complaint. It's one I, I don't want to piss anybody off. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, it, today is Thursday, April 26th, and later today is the NFL draft. So I wanted to do this now before is to I know how long it takes to put out a show. So I want to do this now because I want to get this out before the NFL draft happens. Uh, I want to be very very careful. If you're watching this after the NFL draft. Just skip ahead. There's other good stuff ahead. There's timestamps below. There's still good stuff in this episode you can enjoy that is not simply the NFL draft. Uh, but I do, I do want to start with this. Nobody's mock drafts will be accurate. Everybody's made mock drafts. I called my dad today. We were talking about life. And he pointed out that in stressful situations, people often make bad decisions because of arrogance or because of fear. So it's arrogance. That happens when an NFL general manager would say, I simply know better than everybody else. Or, or, or fear, like, you know, oh crap. Didn't expect that to happen. And they panic. Um, I, I'm saying this now to give you something to pay attention to during the draft. Because I believe that all of the top four quarterbacks should be drafted and out of the NFL draft by the sixth pick. I think all top four quarterbacks should be gone by the time we get to the seventh pick in the NFL draft. But statistically, people are stupid. They're arrogant or they're afraid. And I think it's going to be fun to see which quarterbacks are still available when the seventh pick rolls around. I, I, dude, I'm sweating. I'm nervous. It's, I don't want to be loud. I'm terrified. Um, here's what I believe we will see. Because, you know, Mel Kuyper is going to be wrong. Todd McShay is going to be wrong. Colin Coward is going to be wrong. Even me. We're all going to be wrong. Everybody will be wrong. Because NFL executives t- tonight at the NFL draft are going to make bad decisions because they are afraid or because they are arrogant. People get stupid when the pressure turns on. And I think we're going to see a lot of NFL teams make decisions that I normally wouldn't. And that's why everybody's mock drafts are going to be completely, totally wrong. All right. That being said, I am going to give you guys two mock drafts later in this podcast. I'm going to break down the Mark Jackson and I'm going to offer a different perspective of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and Russell Westbrook. I think it's interesting. I think you're going to like what I do because I'm going to go away from what I, I generally bl- blame Russell Westbrook. And this time I'm going to talk about coaching and maybe is, is coaching the problem in Oklahoma City. So I, d- I do have two mock drafts for you guys today. These are my, my final attempt at making a mock draft because there are, there are two big dominoes that will decide what happens during the NFL draft. Because either the Browns are going to select Sam Darnold number one overall or Josh Allen. And who the Browns select number one overall will completely affect the rest of the NFL draft. Whoever the Browns draft is going to send a ripple effect across the rest of the draft. So this is, this is my first mock draft. This is mock draft A, one of two today. This is the one I'm most confident in. I, I have a gut feeling. It's a, you call it whatever you want. I believe the Cleveland Browns are going to draft Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming, number one overall. John Dorsey's the decision maker in Cleveland, and he has a history of picking the big armed quarterbacks with potential. He picked Patrick Mahomes out of Kansas City. That's just what John Dorsey does. And I, I can't explain it. I got a gut feeling. 
I believe the Cleveland Browns are going to go with Josh Allen number one overall. Uh, So with the second overall pick, because the Cleveland Browns will pass on Sam Darnold, I believe the Giants will pick Sam Darnold. This number two overall pick, the Giants are going to pick Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is the only quarterback the Giants would would use a pick with a quarterback on. The only quarterback the Giants would pick is Sam Darnold. They do have Eli, but they're going to say, screw it. Even though Eli is 37 years old, Sam Darnold is just too good for us to pass up, and the Giants will pick Sam Darnold with the number two overall pick. So the New York Jets with the third overall pick, the Jets will pick Baker Mayfield. I'm going to believe reports. I know there have been reports that say the Jets love Baker Mayfield. I'm going to believe them. They could be just pulling the wool over our eyes. Maybe the Jets are just tricking everybody. But I'm going to believe the reports. I believe the Jets actually love Baker Mayfield. I think the Jets pick Baker Mayfield number three overall. Even though I would pick Josh Rosen, I think the Jets are going to pick Baker Mayfield. So the fourth overall pick, the Browns are going to select Bradley Chubb, the defensive end out of North Carolina State. The Browns are going to do this because they will have a chance at a legendary pass rush. They already have two running backs. Sorry, two two. Defense, they already have two running backs. They're not going to pick Saquon Barkley. They do have Miles Garrett, and they want to give Miles another guy to work with. Just imagine this. Imagine the pass rush being Miles Garrett on one side and Bradley Chubb on the other. That, that's scary. That's terrifying. And that's what I believe is going to happen. I'm nervous. It's late at night. I don't want to be loud. Uh, I believe with the fifth overall pick, the Broncos are going to draft Josh Rosen. I think the Broncos will be okay with who Josh Rosen is. They're comfortable with Josh Rosen because Josh Rosen is very similar to a young John Elway. I believe John Elway, the decision maker with the Broncos, looks at Josh Rosen and is not scared. He likes what Josh Rosen is about. And Josh Rosen is simply too good for the Broncos to pass up with the fifth overall pick. I believe the Broncos pick Josh Rosen. Now, for the sixth overall pick, this is where it gets really interesting. Because with all top four quarterbacks off the board, with Josh Rosen gone, Baker Mayfield's gone, Sam Darnold's gone, Josh Allen's off the board, I believe the Bills are not going to trade up. They have no reason to. They want a quarterback. All the quarterbacks the Bills could go after are now gone. So that is why the Colts, with the sixth overall pick, will select offensive lineman Quinton Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame. I think they're going to save Andrew Luck's career. They're making every effort they can. Because, look, Andrew Luck's getting destroyed. He needs help. He needs protection. The Indianapolis Colts are going to select Quinton Nelson, the guard from Notre Dame. So with the the seventh overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they don't need Saquon Barkley, but they're going to draft Saquon Barkley. He's too good for the Buccaneers to pass up. I just, they don't need him, but that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to look at Saquon Barkley, say he is too talented for us to not use and draft him. So with the eighth overall pick, with the eighth overall pick, I have the Bears selecting Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. This was a toss-up. It was really close between Minka Fitzpatrick or Roquan Smith. I believe the Bears would go Roquan Smith. Linebacker is a bigger need. They really wanted Quentin Nelson, but Quentin Nelson was gone to the Colts, so the Bears will draft Roquan Smith. And, and, and even with the, the recent Reuben Foster news, I believe with the ninth overall pick, 
the 49ers are going to draft Tremaine Edmonds, a linebacker from Virginia Tech. They they could all, they could still use another interior pass uh, interior linebacker even if Reuben Foster's healthy. I believe that the 49ers will select Tremaine Edmonds. Now the 10th overall pick is interesting because now in this scenario Denver Ward's, Denzel Ward's available, Josh Jackson's available, and Minka Fitzpatrick's available. The Raiders simply need to make their pass defense better. They need to get some defensive backs. They need to help their secondary. I believe the Raiders are going to draft Denzel Ward, but this one's really a toss-up. It could be any of the guys I just listed. So that's my, that's my first mock draft, that, 1 through 10. Again, I'll go through 1 through 10. I believe number 1, the Browns select Josh Allen. Number 2, the Giants select Sam Darnold. Number three, the Jets select Baker Mayfield. With the fourth overall pick, the Browns select Bradley Chubb. The fifth overall pick, the Broncos select Josh Rosen. The sixth overall pick, the Colts select Quentin Nelson. Seventh pick, Saquon Barkley to the Buccaneers. The Bears are going to draft Roquan Smith, the linebacker from Georgia. With the eighth overall pick, the ninth overall pick, Tremaine Edmonds. And with the tenth overall pick, I believe the Raiders will draft Denzel Ward. So, so what, what will change if the Browns do select Sam Darnold with the number one overall pick? Because Sam Darnold is the biggest domino to fall. Sam Darnold affects everything, how everything works. If the Browns to le- select Sam Darnold with the number one overall pick, here's what will happen. Because it does change everything. So number one, obviously the Browns select Sam Darnold. This is what I would do. This, But my gut tells me that the Browns are going to instead choose Josh Allen. I would pick Sam Darnold, but I just have a feeling I believe the Browns will select Josh Allen rather than Sam Darnold. But in this situation, the Browns do select Sam Darnold. So with with Darnold gone, with the number two overall pick, the Giants will pick Saquon Barkley. They're going to commit to Eli Manning. They would then have Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley, a new left tackle, a new head coach who's offensive oriented, and there would be no excuse for Eli Manning to not be successful. Now, with the third overall pick, I still believe that the Jets love Baker Mayfield. The Jets will commit to Baker Mayfield. I would pick Josh Rosen, but I legitimately, I believe reports, I think the Jets actually legitimately love Baker Mayfield. I don't quite understand it, but that's how they feel. So with the fourth overall pick, again, I think the Browns still select Bradley Chubb. I don't see a world where the Browns don't select Bradley Chubb with the fourth overall pick in both scenarios. With the fifth overall pick, the Broncos are going to select Josh Rosen. They like him. He's too good to pass up. Now, with the sixth overall pick, the Colts are actually going to trade down because Josh Allen is still on the board. Josh Allen is still available. I believe the Bills are going to trade up, go get a franchise quarterback, and draft Josh Allen. So with the seventh overall pick, the Buccaneers are going to select Minka Fitzpatrick. The, the thing with the Buccaneers is the Buccaneers just need more good football players, and that's exactly what Minka Fitzpatrick is. Minka Fitzpatrick is the best football player left on the list. I think that the Buccaneers would draft Minka Fitzpatrick. Now, the Bears are going to draft Quentin Nelson. They're going to get Mitch Trubisky, a, an offensive lineman, to help him. They're trying to build around Mitch Trubisky. Matt Nagy's a new head coach for the Bears. He is committed. He is all in on Mitch Trubisky. I believe the Bears will draft Quentin Nelson. With the ninth overall pick, the 49ers, I, think, I still believe they pick Tremaine Edmonds. And with the Raiders, it, they're just, they're, their whole mission in this draft, the Raiders' number, the first pick 
In round one, the Raiders are going to fix their secondary. No matter whether they trade down, trade up, regardless, the Raiders are going to pick a defensive back to make their secondary better. They need to have a better pass defense. I believe the Raiders will select Denzel Ward, but it's really a toss-up. The Raiders could also select Josh Jackson. Either one, the Raiders are going to make their secondary better. They're going to upgrade their secondary. So that's, that's my two takes of a mock draft. If Josh Allen goes number one, it affects a whole lot down below. And if Sam Darnold does pick number one overall, that would change everything and there'd be a whole other domino effect. Now, there are some interesting things to watch for tonight in the NFL draft. The first most interesting thing is this. Which quarterback will slide out of the top six picks? Look, I think it's going to happen. I don't see a world. I don't know why it would happen, but people are dumb. People make mistakes. People are arrogant or they operate out of fear. I believe one of the top four quarterbacks is going to slide down to the seventh pick and beyond. One of the quarterbacks is going to fall in the NFL draft. The question is, which one? That's a good, huge storyline for you to pay attention to tonight as you're monitoring the draft. And another interesting question is, which quarterbacks will go fifth and sixth? So the top four quarterbacks are very clear. Top four quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold. But the really interesting question is, who does the NFL view as the fifth and sixth quarterbacks in this draft? I believe it would be Lamar Jackson and Luke Falk, but I don't think a lot of other people agree with me on that, so I'm very curious to see what happens. In fact, another, another interesting question is, will six quarterbacks even be picked in the first round? Remember, tonight on Thursday, we're only going to see the, t- the first 32 picks. We're only going to see the first round. So it's very possible we only see four, probably five quarterbacks selected, but uh, maybe, maybe the guy from Oklahoma State gets drafted. I don't know. We're going to wait and see. Another interesting thought is that what are the Colts going to do? The Colts need to build an offensive line, but the Colts also could trade down or they could draft Quentin Nelson. Those are, I think, the three options the Colts have. And I'm really, really curious to see what they do. I do believe this. If a quarterback is available to them at the sixth overall pick, they're going to trade down. The Bills are going to be offering a lot. The Bills, the Cardinals, and maybe even the Dolphins are going to be vying for that draft pick. And I think the Colts are most likely going to trade down because people are dumb. There's no way I, I, one of the quarterbacks has to slide. I, I, I would not do that in my perfect world. None of the quarterbacks would slide, but that's what's going to happen. And I, I'm just curious, when do the Bills trade up? The Bills and the Cardinals both need quarterbacks. They have, they have no plan this year at quarterback, and they don't have draft picks that look like they have a chance to pick a quarterback. So I'm going to be very interested in when the Cardinals and or the Bills trade up to go get a quarterback. Here's, here's what I think is also very interesting. I think the 49ers, if a quarterback slides down to their position with the ninth overall pick, I think the 49ers are a big potential team to trade down. The Bills could leapfrog the Miami Dolphins and go to the ninth overall pick to get a quarterback. That's very curious. That's a situation to monitor. Because the 49ers could trade down and lose nothing. There's a, a whole flurry of players that because they don't need a quarterback. There are a lot of quarterback, there are a lot of players the 49ers could select between the ninth and the twelfth pick. There's really not that big of a difference. I think the 49ers are big players that could trade down in the NFL draft. Here's something interesting. You know, everybody talks about how it would be such a shame if the Browns did not draft Sam Darnold. If people, the narrative is that if the Browns don't draft 
Sam Darnold, they are just idiots. They're stupid. And I've said, I'm one of the only people that said this. I will not trash the Browns if they pick Josh Allen rather than Sam Darnold. Most people will. Most people are going to go right after the Browns. That's the narrative. After the NFL draft, that's the narrative we are going to see. It's going to be, oh my God, the Browns are idiots. Why didn't the Browns draft Sam Darnold? Look, I'll be honest, I would draft Sam Darnold if I was the Browns. But I'm not going to trash them if they don't. If, if the Browns draft Josh Allen, it's not the end of the world. Think about it this way. If the Browns draft Josh Allen rather than Sam Darnold, here's what the Browns have. The Browns have a potential franchise quarterback. They have a, a potential future face of the franchise. And Josh Allen, don't forget, Josh Allen might have the biggest, strongest arm we have ever seen in the NFL. And they still have Tyrod Taylor, so there's no rush for the Browns to play Josh Allen anytime soon. So if the Browns draft Josh Allen, I'm not going to kill them. Most people will, but I just, I think it's a ba- it's not a terrible pick. It's not the pick I would make. But a difference of opinion does not make it suddenly awful. It's not Sam Darnold or bust. It's get a quarterback and please get Bradley Chubb and you're fine. Whether they get a quarterback, Bradley Chubb or Bradley Chubb and a quarterback or Saquon Barkley and a quarterback. Any scenario, as long as the Browns draft a quarterback, that's fine with me. I'm not going to trash them. Any one of the top four quarterbacks, like I, I wouldn't pick Baker Mayfield to the Browns. I think that's a bad idea, but I could see any one of them working. So as long as the Browns draft a quarterback, I will not trash them. I'm just going to evaluate and analyze and see what happens next. Because any one of the quarterbacks the Browns draft, it's going to be a very different scenario. And it's going to be fun to analyze and talk about. But the Browns getting a franchise quarterback, that's not a bad thing. And the narrative out there that if the Browns don't draft Sam Darnold, they're idiots, they're screwed up, and they're ruining their franchise, I just don't buy it. I think that's dumb. I think that's People are being a little bit extreme, and I just don't see that actually happening. I don't believe that if the Browns don't draft Sam Darnold, they're just losers. Because Josh Allen is not a bad second option. As long as the Browns draft a quarterback tomorrow, tonight, as long as the Browns have a quarterback, fine with me. That's all I want from the Browns. I just want the Browns to go and get a quarterback. <clears throat> okay, um, so I saw a story today. I saw a story today. It was a an NFL general manager, I guess, believes that Lamar Jackson is not a quarterback. There's an NFL general or an NFL executive. I don't really know, but it was a story that an NFL executive believes that Lamar Jackson simply doesn't have it, that he cannot play in the NFL. And so, as you know, I've been working really, really hard on preparing a breakdown, a film breakdown of Lamar Jackson. I put a ton of work into this. I'm really excited. So this is this is my Lamar Jackson draft analysis. It's my breakdown. Here's how I project Lamar Jackson doing in the NFL. Is he good? Is he not? Here is my full analysis of Lamar Jackson. I worked really hard on this. I studied a ton. I watched every game Lamar Jackson played for the last two seasons. And all the footage you will see in this video is from 2017. I got footage from the Purdue game, Clemson, NC State, Florida State, and Mississippi State. But, but first, before we get into this, I want to say this. Can we all be honest? Can we all acknowledge that the reason why we're so excited about Lamar Jackson is because Lamar Jackson 
is the best running quarterback we've ever seen enter the NFL draft. Like, can we just be honest about it? Lamar Jackson is an unbelievable athlete, and to not acknowledge that would be stupid and silly. Uh, Lamar Jackson's a better running quarterback than Michael Vick was. He's better running than Michael Vick was. But the question is, can Lamar Jackson throw the football? Um, the short answer is yes. But the short answer is yes, he can throw, but just not yet. And I'm going to explain that. But before I explain this situation, I, I love Lamar Jackson. I just, I think Lamar Jackson's a special, special player. I've watched so much film. I've watched interviews. I've watched a lot of his tape. I've just spent so much time analyzing Lamar Jackson. And from what I've seen, I, I love what Lamar Jackson is about. I love his personality. He's a model citizen off the field. And really, the only main concern with Lamar Jackson is accuracy. And that's, that's a concern I want to address. So, Lamar Jackson does struggle with accuracy, but the question is why? Why does Lamar Jackson struggle with accuracy? And so, I'm going to simplify this so that anyone watching or listening can understand. I'm going to grab a football. See, a large majority of accuracy comes from footwork. And see, when you're throwing a football, you're dealing on two planes. You have one plane is up and down, and the other plane is left and right. If I'm throwing to this camera, I want to line my shoulder up with my body and point my shoulder directly at that camera. This camera is here. This camera is here. Wherever I'm throwing, I want to point my shoulder at that area. You want to point your front shoulder where you want to throw the football. If I point my shoulder up, if my shoulder goes up, the ball goes up. If my shoulder goes down, the ball goes down. If my shoulder goes left and down, the ball goes left and down. Wherever you point your front shoulder is usually where the ball goes. So this is where Lamar Jackson struggles the most. And there are times where Lamar Jackson makes all the right reads, but then Lamar Jackson's fundamentals let him down. He misses a throw because he has poor fundamentals. See, when Lamar Jackson gets everything lined up, when Lamar Jackson points his shoulder correctly, his feet are lined up, Lamar Jackson is dead accurate. He can hit a pass. The question is not, is Lamar Jackson accurate? The question is, can Lamar Jackson fix his fundamentals enough to be accurate consistently? Because Lamar Jackson's struggles come from bad habits and poor fundamentals. Now, are those fixable issues? Yes, Lamar Jackson can become an accurate passer. Lamar Jackson can fix his issues with poor fundamentals. In fact, there's actually evidence of this happening previously in the NFL with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was a rookie last year. When Deshaun Watson came out of college, I was, I was hyped up. I was so excited. But I was concerned about Deshaun Watson's accuracy. See, in college, Deshaun Watson's feet would point inside when he tried to throw the ball uh, outside. So he would, Deshaun Watson would point his feet over here and he would try to throw way to this other side. Deshaun Watson in college, his feet would be pointed left and he would be trying to throw right. And that doesn't work. Well, even though in college, Deshaun Watson had bad footwork, last year, during his rookie year, Deshaun Watson improved his footwork and threw a better deep ball and was more accurate. See, Deshaun Watson fixed his footwork 
between his senior year at college and his rookie year in the NFL. And Deshaun Watson had tremendous, tremendous improvement. You can fix your footwork. We've seen Deshaun Watson do it. And I believe Lamar Jackson can improve the way that Deshaun Watson did. So currently, Deshaun Watson, or currently Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson struggles to throw the ball to the right side of the field. And many quarterbacks struggle with this because when you throw to the right side of the field, you have to completely turn your body all the way to the sideline. And that, that's a hard thing for quarterbacks to kind of wrap their brain around. The reason why Lamar Jackson is more accurate over the middle of the field rather than the outside of the field is because often his feet are pointed inside and not outside. So he's more accurate in the middle and less accurate on the outside of the field. Additionally, because Lamar Jackson's feet are close together, his shoulder often gets pointed up. And when his shoulder's pointed up, the ball goes up. And the ball has a tendency to sail on him and go over people's head. So where Deshaun Watson really only struggled on one plane, Deshaun Watson in college would struggle left to right. Lamar Jackson struggles up, down, and left to right. He needs to work on accuracy with his footwork, and he needs to work on pointing his shoulder where he wants to throw. And that's really, it's somewhat encouraging and somewhat scary. So if Lamar Jackson widens his base, his shoulder will not be pointed up, the ball won't sail on him. And if he works on aligning his shoulder better, the ball will be more accurate left to right. So I guess the lesson in all of this is that all of Lamar Jackson's issues are fixable. Now, his completion percentage is something that really does concern people. It does not concern me. Lamar Jackson had, I don't even, I don't even remember, his high 50s completion percentage. I am not worried at all. Here's why. Let me, let me put it this way. Lamar Jackson's team was trash. They were awful. They had so many drops. Like, drops... They were garbage. It's a real, real issue. Lamar Jackson's receivers were not very good. They had all kinds of problems catching the ball. Not to mention, Lamar Jackson always had pressure in his face. He was often having to throw the ball away. So that really hurt his completion percentage. He was throwing the ball away. He had lots of drops. I'm not really concerned about Lamar Jackson's completion percentage one bit. Here's a concern about Lamar Jackson, though. So Lamar Jackson's athleticism is absolutely a gift. He, he's the best quarterback that can, he's the best, when it comes to running the football, Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback we've ever seen. But at times, Lamar Jackson's athleticism can also be a curse. And part of this is because Lamar Jackson has always been the best athlete on the field his entire life. And being the best athlete on the field at all times has caused Lamar Jackson to develop some bad habits. There were times where there was pressure on Lamar Jackson's face. He would escape, and when he ran, uh, he he was actually developing a bad habit. So Lamar Jackson would have pressure in his face, and he would run away. And what he should have done sometimes was step up and throw the ball. Because you see Eli Manning do this. Eli Manning's really good. Eli Manning will step into a throw. He'll get hit in the face, but he'll complete a pass. And there are times where Lamar Jackson has an open throwing lane. He has a guy open downfield, and he won't step into a throw. He'll escape to the right or escape to the left, and he still might have a positive play. But that's something Lamar Jackson needs to work on. He needs to get better coaching and learn to pick and choose his spots when he runs and when he steps up and makes a throw. Because not every time should Lamar Jackson turn and run. Sometimes he's a step up and make a throw. But early on in Lamar Jackson's NFL career, I would actually encourage Lamar Jackson to run 
a lot. I would encourage Lamar Jackson to run often. I would, I would tell Lamar Jackson, you know what? Use it as a crutch. Because the thing is, Lamar Jackson can simply do things that nobody else can do. So, so let, me, let me ask you a question. What if I told you that the most athletic person on your team was your quarterback? And that person, the most athletic person on your team, was going to touch the ball every single play. That is a legitimate possibility with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson will be the best athlete on your football team. And when you put him at quarterback, he will touch the ball every single play. The Arizona Cardinals are in the NFC West, a a stacked division, a division with the Seattle Seahawks, the Rams, the 49ers. Every team in the NFC West has a quarterback aside from the Arizona Cardinals. I believe the Cardinals should draft Lamar Jackson. You need excitement. If you're a Cardinals fan, you have nothing to root for. Your team sucks. You have a defensive-minded coach, and you're going to lose year in and year out because you have no quarterback and your NFC West division is incredibly good. If I'm an Arizona Cardinals general manager, doesn't matter if Lamar Jackson is going to be incredibly successful or not. What Lamar Jackson would bring to my franchise is excitement, and it would give fans a reason to watch. Now, here's, here's what I really hope happens. I believe the Patriots are actually going to draft Lamar Jackson. I believe, and I hope, I hope to God, Lamar Jackson goes to the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick will see value where other people's simply do not. He will, he will see Lamar Jackson as an incredibly talented athlete and who can play quarterback. I remember when Bill Belichick lost last year to Deshaun Watson. I would bet you money. Bill Belichick has never forgot almost losing to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson lit up the Patriots last year. He did not beat them, but Deshaun Watson had tremendous success against the Patriots, and I would bet you anything that Bill Belichick saw Deshaun Watson's success last year and said, I can replicate that with Lamar Jackson. Because don't forget, Bill Belichick's a defensive-minded coach, and he watches Lamar Jackson and goes, oh crap, I don't know how I would stop that guy. So there's a big thing. Bill Belichick will see value in Lamar Jackson where other people don't. Here's why I believe that. It is no secret that NFL offensive lines are getting worse every single year. That's because of the new college rules that restrict practice times. See, college offensive linemen do not have as much time to prepare and get ready for the NFL. They're, They're losing important practice time. And so because of this, every single year, NFL offensive lines get worse and worse. And and not all while, defensive linemen actually get better and better athletes. Defensive linemen are the best athletes they've probably ever been. In fact, the best athlete I ever saw in my life, I played high school football with a guy named Samson Ibukam. He plays defensive end right now for the Rams. You know why they play defensive end? They said, you're the best athlete on the field. You can get after the quarterback. We're putting you at defensive end. Lamar Jackson has an incredible ability, an ability that nobody has. Lamar Jackson can get away from these really scary, incredibly athletic defensive linemen. Lamar Jackson can turn a sack, a bad play, a big loss into not just a four-yard gain, not just a 30-yard gain. Lamar Jackson can turn a sack into a touchdown. He has that ability. It's it's a Russell Wilson-like ability to get away from pressure. It's an incredible innate ability that Lamar Jackson has. And as the NFL changes, as offensive lines get worse, 
you may want a guy like Lamar Jackson, who's a master at extending plays. Lamar Jackson can do things nobody else can do. Watch his highlights. You go, oh my God, is that a quarterback or is that a running back or is that, I've never seen an athlete like that play quarterback. Lamar Jackson's unbelievable. He can do things nobody else can do. And I I truly believe there are NFL coaches out there that are looking and watching him and saying, we can do something with that. I don't know how exactly yet, but we can refine that, turn that into something. Here's an important thing. At times, the Louisville offensive line made huge, inexcusable mistakes. They left Lamar Jackson out to dry. People would come free. Like pass rushers would have a free chance to come and right after and get Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson would make them miss, and he would have actually tremendous success, even though there was pressure in his face often. So so I would draft Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, again, he does things nobody else can do. I think the best case scenario for Lamar Jackson is that he gets a year off. He gets a year to watch a guy like Tom Brady or Big Ben or maybe Blake Bortles. And if Lamar Jackson is drafted into a situation like that, where he can take a year to work on his fundamentals, he can get better. Because again, he needs to work on pointing his shoulder. He needs to have a wider base so the ball doesn't sail on him. If Lamar Jackson has time to do that, I believe he could be tremendously successful. There, there's a weird thing Lamar Jackson does. I want to point it out to you before, before I end this topic. He, he'll, he'll grab a, a ball and he'll separate and he'll, like, he'll want to throw the ball. He'll, he'll, he'll pull the ball back and then he'll change his mind and go, oh, I don't want to throw it. And he'll kind of leave the ball hanging out there and he'll go to his other reads. And meanwhile, the ball is just kind of sitting up out in the middle of nowhere. And that's, that's a weird thing Lamar Jackson does. And there's little things like that that Lamar Jackson needs to work on. He needs to widen his base. He needs to not hold the ball. Like one or two plays a game, he'll watch his film. He does this thing where he holds the ball out and then he goes to his reads like this and it doesn't look natural at all. So there are little tiny fundamental things that Lamar Jackson needs to work on. But man, I'll tell you what, Lamar Jackson absolutely has the mental capacity to run an NFL offense. He may struggle with fundamentals, but his team had a ton of drops. He had guys in his face all the time because his offensive line was awful. And he can run an NFL offense. Mentally, he has the capacity. He never got hurt. Lamar Jackson never had off-the-field issues. In fact, I love Lamar Jackson's personality. I've watched interview after interview after interview. I truly believe Lamar Jackson is a diamond in the rough, and I would draft him. I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's great. I would bring him in. I'd coach him up. I would fix his fundamentals. And if you can do that, if you can fix Lamar Jackson's bad habits and fundamentals, widen his base, help him with pointing the shoulder, stop him from doing this weird thing with the ball. If you can fix Lamar Jackson's fundamentals, you will have a special, special quarterback that's maybe the best quarterback in this draft class. Fix the fundamentals and Lamar Jackson will be unbelievably terrifying. There you go, guys. That was, what, 15, 16? I don't know. I told you guys, I did my homework. I worked on that freaking breakdown for weeks. I was so invested. I watched so much Lamar Jackson film. I was working three jobs. I was in 18 credits. I was doing 40 videos a week, and I still managed to find time to research Lamar Jackson, and I think that was a great, you're welcome. That was a great topic. I'm really proud of that. I wish it was a little bit earlier. I wish it had been a week ago, but who cares? I'm proud of that. That was awesome. Okay, so so last night we saw LeBron James 
basically single-handedly win the game against the Pacers. LeBron James is carrying the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. It's unbelievable. So last night, I'm going to paint a picture for you. It's a tie game. It's 95-95. There are three seconds left. Victor Oladipo is driving to the basket for the Indiana, Indiana Pacers. LeBron James comes out of nowhere. He blocks Victor Oladipo's shot, grabs the rebound, calls a timeout. So then the Cleveland Cavaliers have the ball with three seconds left. Tied 95-95. Lamar Jackson gets the inbound, makes the three-point shot. The Cavaliers win the game 98-95. LeBron James, I almost said Lamar Jackson. LeBron James had the game-saving block and the game-winning shot. LeBron James played 42 minutes. He scored 44 points. He was 15 for 15 from free throws, and he shot 58% on the night. LeBron James is the only reason why the Cleveland Cavaliers are even in the conversation. Say what you want about Kevin Love. He's hurt. He's not playing very well. LeBron James is unbelievable. And LeBron James is why... So the Cavaliers are interesting. And right now, the NBA playoffs... The NBA playoffs are just so dang exciting. I'm so excited, man. Oh, my goodness. We have the, the Rockets and Thunder is going to be... The Rockets and Thunder are a great, great matchup. We've had the Russell Westbrook, Oklahoma City Thunder, whatever that drama is, it's been fun to watch regardless. The Celtics look interesting. The 76ers are unbelievable. They look fantastic. They look like they could even beat LeBron James. And then you have the Cavaliers and LeBron James. I guess my point is... I just love intense playoff basketball. This is such a fun time of year. I hope you know how, how lucky we are. The NBA, the NFL draft is perfect right now. The NBA playoffs are both, not just the Western Conference, not just the Eastern Conference. Both sides of the NBA playoff bracket are incredibly interesting and, and fun to watch. Don't forget about the Raptors. The Raptors and 76ers is no slouch. I, I think the Raptors, I don't know how the matchup is going to work, but... Cavs-Celtics, I think, is the matchup, and then Raptors-76. I don't really know how it's going to work out, but whatever the series of matchups, there are four teams in the Eastern Conference that are really interesting. Not to mention you have Anthony Davis is, is somehow carrying the Pelicans. I want to see that matchup later on. The Warriors are somewhat injured, and Steph Curry's got drama there. The Jazz might even beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Then the Rockets are super good. I just, I, I'm, I'm at a loss, man. Right now, sports have never been better. I mean, I just, I'm so excited, man. I, I don't know. I, I really, really love what's going on in the NBA playoffs. I want to I touch on this. I, uh, I, I have two things left. I'm going to do a, at the end of the show, I'm going to do closing remarks, kind of how I feel about these quarterbacks before I let them ride off into the sunset, get drafted, and do the NFL. <clears throat> but, but I want to, I want to, well, drink water first. And my ears just popped. And uh, that was weird. <clears throat> Do I sound different? I feel different. I feel really different. Huh, any, whatever. Anyways, so tonight, or I guess last night, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Utah Jazz 99 to 107. So though now the Utah Jazz lead the series 3 to 2. And. Here's what's interesting about this game. It's, it was game, was that game five? Yeah, game five. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Jazz. Russell Westbrook had 45 points. And Paul George had 34 points. So Russell Westbrook, Paul George, they were just on a scoring tear. However, weirdly enough, 
The Oklahoma City Thunder altogether only had 13 assists for the entire team. What that tells us is it's confirmation that the Oklahoma City Thunder are indeed playing iso ball. They're doing it all themselves. They're not working together. They're not running an offense. They're just playing isolation, one-on-one basketball, putting up shots. And I do this from time to time. I try to look at things from a different perspective than my own. Because normally I just go after Russell Westbrook. I say it's always Russell Westbrook's fault. And I never try to look at it from another perspective. So that's what I'm going to do today. Because if you look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Thunder are a much more talented team than the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz have, I mean, what, they have one rookie of the year, Donovan Mitchell, a bunch of kind of unknown Undrafted players, Rudy Gobert, yada, yada. They have average players. So the Thunder have better players than the Jazz, but the Jazz have superior coaching. And when I see the matchup between the Thunder and the Jazz, it makes me think of the Patriots and the Steelers. The Steelers have all this talent every year, and yet the Patriots have better coaching. Coaching has dominated the Steelers-Patriots rivalry. In fact, if you look at it, did you know that Mike Tomlin has a 2-6 and six record all-time against Bill Belichick? 2-6! and six. Bill Belichick has dominated Mike Tomlin. It's, it's really sad. And, and yet, when we talk about the Steelers and how the Steelers are always beat by the Patriots, what do we do? We blame coaching. We don't blame Big Ben for losing to the Patriots. We blame Mike Tomlin. We say it's Mike Tomlin's fault that the Steelers are losing to the Patriots. We say the Patriots have a better system. Coaching's winning the series, not talent. I don't know. I think there's, there's maybe a reason why the Utah Jazz are beating the Thunder 3-2 to two in their playoff series. The Thunder may have better players, but the Utah Jazz have better coaching. The Thunder are not working together. The Thunder only had 13 assists. And you can blame the, the style of play they're playing on coaching. Say, you know, maybe Russell Westbrook isn't accountable for his, his bad shots or maybe his crazy vendetta against Ricky Rubio. Maybe the coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder should have pulled him aside and said, hey, what are you doing? Maybe the coach should have kept him in line, right? Maybe, maybe everything going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder is, is not Russell Westbrook's fault. Maybe it's, it's coaching. See where I'm going here? No, that, that's ridiculous. Listen to the stats. <laughs> if the Steelers and the Patriots played each other, if the Steelers lost to the Patriots and Ben Roethlisberger only completed 29% of his passes, what would we do? We'd say, oh, Big Ben, you didn't do very well. Or if Big Ben in the fourth quarter completely choked, would we blame coaching or would we say Big Ben choked? In this playoff series, in game three, Russell Westbrook against the Utah Jazz, Russell Westbrook only shot 29%. And in the fourth quarter, he, he choked. He didn't show up. He only hit two free throws. I think it's interesting. We're not holding Russell Westbrook accountable. We need to stop making excuses for Russell Westbrook. I understand it's easy to blame coaching. You can say coaching this, coaching that. But the Thunder's coach cannot shoot for Russell Westbrook. I think Billy Donovan, Billy Donovan can't, can't shoot for Russell Westbrook. Billy Donovan can call plays, but ultimately it's on Russell Westbrook to execute. And we've seen Russell Westbrook now do things that are just dumb, bad basketball IQ. That's on Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook needs to be accountable 
for his decision. Stop blaming on coaching. Stop making excuses for Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook needs to be held accountable for the fact that the Oklahoma City Thunder are down 3-2 to two to the far less talented Utah Jazz. <clears throat> That's going to piss people off. That one, that <laughs> it's fun to make people angry. I don't know. I enjoy it. I don't care anymore. I just say what I believe. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, this is my last chance to address the quarterbacks in the NFL draft before they head off, before they get drafted. And so because, because of that, I want to make my closing statements to the quarterbacks in the NFL draft, to, to Baker Mayfield, to Luke Falk, to Sam Darnold, to Josh Rosen, to Josh Allen. Because you realize that the NFL draft is just a televised hiring process, right? You do, you do realize that. It's just a hiring process. There's job interviews. They sit down. They do research. They look them up. I mean, it's, it's really, when you apply for a job, it's very similar to what the NFL draft is, except they, they pick you. They don't, other than the draft part, it's just a, a hiring process is all it is. So because it's a, a hiring process, I want you to watch this. Take a look at this video. Yeah, uh, that was Baker Mayfield running from the police. And that scares me. If I'm going to say one thing about Baker Mayfield before he gets drafted, I just got to say, I've never seen any CEOs of big companies have police videos. I've never seen a, a guy, you know, we're about to hand... Baker Mayfield, the keys to the franchise. We're going to give him millions of dollars. You're going to give millions of dollars to that guy? You're going to put the fate of your franchise on the guy running from the police? I, I love Baker Mayfield, but you don't see the CEO of Walmart running away from the police. I just, I don't know. I just, I hesitate to give the keys to my franchise to Baker Mayfield, even though I love Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's like Braveheart. That video, that, that video just kind of, mm, I, I just... If I'm going to say one last thing about Baker Mayfield, that's it. It's just that that I love Baker. I, I think I believe in him, but that brave that that video running from the police does really, really give me red flags. So how about this? How about Josh Rosen? These are my closing remarks about Josh Rosen. Because I saw a video today. Uh, my dad sent it to me, actually. My dad and I are pretty close. My dad sent me a video of Josh Rosen and Aaron Rodgers talking. Here, here's a clip. I'm going to play the clip. Like the word leadership just gets thrown around so much, and a lot of times it doesn't mean anything. Half the time people are saying it. So like, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to find out how to be that guy in the locker room without forcing it. When I see that clip, I see a guy. I see Josh Rosen as a guy who just wants to get it right. He's not perfect. In fact, I think sometimes Josh Rosen is a bit overeager. He's kind of, it's like he's trying to prove himself a little too much. But I do believe Josh Rosen is truly striving to be the best he can be on and off the field as a leader, as a passer of the football. I, I like Josh Rosen. I think he's very open in interviews. He's going to be very honest. He's going to own up to the mistakes he makes. If he loses a game because he misses a pass, Josh Rosen will tell you. He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to hide it. And I like that about Josh Rosen. I think the next, the, the next 10 years, 12 years, whatever it is, we get to cover and talk about Josh Rosen 
they're going to be fun. Josh Rosen's going to be a lot of fun because he's honest, he's authentic. If he's a train wreck, he'll tell us. If he's great, he'll tell us. And I think that's going to be a load of fun. I really am excited to watch Josh Rosen blossom into whatever he becomes, good or bad. It's going to be a load of fun. I think more fun than Baker Mayfield even. Because Baker Mayfield has this facade and this machismo. I think, I think Josh Rosen is just honest. And so if he's awful, he'll tell you. And if he's great, he'll tell you. And I think that's going to be a load of fun. So this is a hiring process. The, the NFL draft to me, it's, it's just a hiring process. You vet people, you look at their resumes, you interview them. And uh, Luke Falk's resume to me is a, a very much a deterrent. I'm, I'm nervous when I look at Luke Falk's resume, the quarterback from Washington State. Ironically, my home school, that's where I go. I attend school. I'm in a dorm for Washington State right now. If you look at Luke Falk's resume, he had three terrible games his senior year. That just, ugh, that's alarming. He was also benched twice. He has injury concerns. I, I have concerns about Luke Falk. He can make all the throws. He seems like a guy, I like him. I, I like his interviews. I criticize him as a leader. I was wrong about that. I think he's, he's very capable of leading a franchise. But I don't know that he's great in big moments. That's, that's a big concern to me. That's my closing remark on, on Luke Falk. I will say this. If Luke Falk goes to the Patriots, he could succeed. In fact, I think that's where Luke Falk would have the best opportunity to be a successful quarterback. Maybe with the New Orleans Saints. I don't know about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but the Patriots or the Saints, hopefully the Patriots, that is where Luke Falk could be successful. I don't know if they feel that way about him, but that's how I feel about Luke Falk. I think if Luke Falk goes to the Patriots, learns from Tom Brady, he could be successful. Now, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, as we close out the NFL draft process, I noticed that Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen have the exact same issue. They're the most talented people you will ever interview for the job. When you interview Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, I mean, their, their skills with Photoshop, with Adobe, with sales, whatever it is, their skills are unbelievable. But it's going to take them a while till they are able to keep up the pace with their competitors. Maybe the ceiling is higher for Josh Allen. Maybe the ceiling is higher for Lamar Jackson. But they need time. They need about a year to catch up to everybody around them. I like Josh Allen. I like Lamar Jackson, but both of them need time to develop. That's kind of my closing thought on Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. I hope that they both get to sit a year. I don't think either one of them are going to be afforded that opportunity, but I think that's what would be best for them. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen both need to fix their fundamentals for them to be successful, and I hope they get a year off. I don't think they will. I think people are too impatient. They are desperate for a quarterback. But that's how Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen will be the most successful if they get time to sit on a bench and develop. Sam Darnold just has a gambling problem. Sam Darnold has a gambling problem. He's that guy you interview that's incredibly talented, but he's a daredevil. He takes risks, and uh, sometimes he does not always succeed. He doesn't always win. Sam Darnold's risks cause turnovers, and turnovers are a big concern. Sam Darnold's a guy with a gambling problem. We got to kick him of the habit. I think Sam Darnold is the best quarterback in the draft class, but he does need to take care of the football. He needs to hold the ball with two hands. He needs to be smarter with throwing, taking chances with the ball. I, I do think that his interceptions are less concerned than his fumbles. His fumbles scare me. He's got to hold on to the ball. 
If you look at his interceptions, though, his, his junior year with better receivers, he had less interceptions. I think his senior year, he was trying to do too much. And in fact, I think he had to take risks throwing the ball to elevate his team. But no matter how you put it, Sam Darnold has too many, many turnovers, too many interceptions, too many fumbles, but the fumbles scare me the most. Sam Darnold needs to take care of the football. He needs to hold the ball with two hands and should not have that many fumbles. So that's, those are my closing remarks. I like all six of these quarterbacks. I think they all have flaws. I think they all have opportunities to be successful. But that's kind of my, I wanted to put that out there. I wanted to leave that for you guys. That's my last final thought about the quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. Guys, that's all I have. I, uh, I know that Reuben Foster, there's some news on Reuben Foster, the 49ers offensive lineman. Uh, I, I just, I want to wait and see with that story. I, I don't want to, before I have an opinion and rush out about a story related to domestic violence, I want to take a lot of care. I want to be patient. I want to hear all the facts and really wait a couple weeks before I address that. But I, I am curious. I think that, um, if, if the 49ers can get him on the field next year, that'd be a huge miracle. Not, not really. That's not a domestic violence talk. That's just as far as football goes, that'd be great for the 49ers. I, I'm very curious to see how the Reuben Foster, news affects the NFL draft tomorrow, tonight. I don't know. I, I still think the 49ers would draft Tremaine Edmonds no matter what, but we'll see. It's an interesting thought. I don't really know what's going to come of that. And uh, I uh, I want to talk about Pete Carroll and Richard Sherman. I, I wanted to prep it more before I talked about it. I think there's a better, I had an okay comparison. I want to make a better comparison on Friday. So again, we're back on Friday. Today's Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. I'm going to do another show tomorrow reacting to the NFL draft. I'm going to try to do that Tonight, so th- so this is Thursday morning. Try to do another one Thursday night. Reacting to the NFL draft, we'll talk about Richard Sherman, talk about some 49er stuff. I got some other little stories I've been working on, but I want to make sure I do the best I can with the show. I want to give you guys quality over quantity. So that's why this show has been what? It's, it's like 50 minutes, something like that. I don't know, but I do the best I can. I'm giving you guys the best content I can. I will say the opening of the show was really cringy. I had this funny idea. I'd start really loud and go, oh crap. And I don't know if it worked, but hey. I'll edit it. I'll find out. It could be awful. could be funny. Screw it. I mean, it's it's 2.09 in the morning, so I'm doing the best I can. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Remember, you can subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can find the full entire hour-long podcast on YouTube as well as my best, most interesting clips. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. If you want to help me grow this show, tell your friends about it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is. Help me grow strong opinion sports by telling your friends. Thank you so much. That's all I have for you guys today. But um bum bam we're done.